All right. Fucking here to do Alexander the Great uh, Part 3. It's been a while. I don't give a shit. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to finish this damn story if it kills me. So to recap from where we were last time we left off, um, Alexander the Great's dad had died. Alexander had assumed the throne and had to consolidate his power again. Get the fucking Greeks in line. Uh, destroyed Thebes to show people that he's not fucking around, that he's serious. Um, and then launched his invasion of the Persian Empire. Broke as hell. Uh, needing to score a big win early or else he was going to have to pack shit up and go back home. And that would have been the end of that. And the local leaders uh, for the Persian Empire did him a solid favor by trying to confront him. And you had the Battle of the River Granicus. And so they faced off on opposite sides of a river. Alexander uh, employs his, you know, his tactical mind and comes up with a pretty solid plan of where he basically you know, lines up in a standard formation of Thracian, Thessalian cavalry on the left, phalanx in the middle, uh, Hypaspus uh, off in sort of the, the you know, wing position, and then on the far right he's got his mix of like his Agrianians and his companion cavalry, and that's a strike wing. And uh, what he did was he sent across uh, straight ahead from the right wing sort of a, a faint attack or a pawn sacrifice, if you will, uh, which the Persians all jumped on, started killing the shit out of, which weakened their center, and he went diagonally across and fucking hit them in the middle, allowed his phalanx to get up on the other side of the banks, and eventually they just ran off the Persian horsemen who had you know, all lined up at the edge of the water and kept the Greek mercenaries in back. Alexander surrounded the Greek mercenaries after the Persian cavalry uh, took off running and killed some whatever he could get to, enslaved some of them, sent them back to the fucking uh, mines in uh, Macedonia, which I can't even imagine what it would be like to work in a fucking ancient mine. I mean, you're probably dead in a couple months. And Memnon of Rhodes escaped, uh, who was the best general, uh, but he was a Greek, but he was the best general for the Persian Empire. He got away with some guys, some, some of his mercenaries. And Alexander won the Granicus after uh, basically the Persians all tried to kill him, which may have planted the idea of, oh, okay, so that's how you win in this shit, is just to go after the top guy? All right, I'll remember that. And now uh, that brings us back up where we are. That he, uh, you know, took some took some blows. I mean, he got his helmet wrecked when a dude went upside his head with a fucking axe. Uh, you know, may have gotten knocked out, but still, he dude was fighting from the front of the fucking line, tip of the spear. And I mean, that's a pretty decent lesson for all of us today. You're gonna lead, lead from the goddamn front. You know, people will follow you. You'll either shame them or inspire them, but they'll be right there behind you if you're fucking worth a shit. So anyhow, after the Granicus is over, Alexander basically pursues Memnon south. They're, they're basically up in Turkey right now, basically the northwest corner of Turkey, and Memnon heads south. Alexander comes after him. 
he sends off, um, you know, Parmenian to uh, uh, capture the city of Sardis, which was pretty much the top city in that area at that time, had where most of the money and shit was. So this gave him a little bit of um, breathing space now because he's got some money. Not a lot, but he's got some money. He's starting to secure a base, and then now uh, that... The locals in this area see what's up and that Alexander is not to be fucked with. Uh, they start surrendering to him, you know, as he follows Memnon. So I think he's established himself. Okay, look, I'm legit, okay? I'm just as good as my dad, you know, whatever. I'm having results. And so they start coming over to him because, you know, those people on the uh, western coast of Turkey or the eastern side of the Aegean, basically... Those guys are Greeks, more or less, and so Alexander's, you know, spinning it that he's liberating them. And also, just he's a kick-ass motherfucker, so, you know, they, they start showing up outside. Hey, hey, we were always on your side. So then they head down to uh, Lydia, basically, um, is where, you know, is the, the sort of the province that Memnon flees to, and that's in the southwest corner of Turkey. Um, Alexander along the way is leaving people behind to garrison towns and to sort of act as governors and this is how he's getting rid of some of Parmenio's relatives and people that he aren't he hasn't handpicked himself he starts to leave those guys behind his garrison duty and shit like that um, and to be the governors and replacement of the Persians they make it down to Ephesus which is you know like the thing in the in the New Testament of the Christian Bible, Ephesians. Uh, Memnon stops there, but Alexander's right on his ass. And so Memnon flees again. And while Alexander's there in Ephesus, uh, there's this famous painter named Apelles, I think. And Alexander's like, hey, man, paint my fucking portrait. You know, I'm the shit. If you're the shit, you get your portrait painted, obviously. And so uh, the guy paints it. And Alexander, you know, because he studied under Aristotle, thinks himself to be like a fucking art connoisseur and like that he knows something. He's like, I don't like it. Because it's just kind of a generic uh, painting of Alexander on his horse's, uh, Bucephalus's back, you know. And the uh, painter who, I, you can imagine what this guy may have been like. A little sassy, let's just put it that way. And he's like, he shows the painting to Bucephalus and the horse, and the horse is like, eh. and he's like, see, your horse likes it. He's got better taste than you, motherfucker. And Alexander, again, you know, fancying himself as an art uh, expert, is like, do it again, you know? And so the guy, like, <laughs> changes it up and makes Alexander look like fucking Zeus, and he does all these special effects to make it look shiny and shit, and it's kind of... You get the impression that it's like more cheap and like commercialized art, but the fact that it's glorifying Alexander as a god, he's like, I don't give a fuck. I, it's perfect. So it's just, you know, it's the equivalent of how those Obama Hope posters became art in and of themselves, but they were, they were at heart propaganda devices. It's like that shit where he's like, yeah, I like that a lot better. Thanks for listening to my fucking stunning art. And who's going to say like no? You know? You're stupid if you would ever, ever, ever try to talk. I mean, even though he's like in his early 20s, you know, you can, at your own risk, talk shit to Alexander the Great, man. That's a bad idea. So the guy was like, yeah, okay. I 
you know, and then Alexander paid the guy a shitload of money, and so of course he was like, hey, yeah, you're the art, you're the art expert. Then he moves on, and at this point he decides to disband his fleet for a couple reasons. One is that it's never going to be as big as the Persian fleet, because the Persian uh, fleet is basically the Phoenicians, who, I don't know if you know anything about them, it's just that they're good at fucking sailing. And they've got like 400 ships to his like 140, I think. I mean, don't quote me on that, but it, you know. And also, it's costing him a shitload of money to have this fleet that he can't even use. And it's mostly Greeks, you know, Athenians and stuff who are dubiously loyal to him anyway. So he's like, you know what, fuck it. Go back home. I'm not paying anymore. Whatever. Um, and so th that affects his strategy because now he's got to go fucking take out all the Phoenician um, naval bases along the coast, right? Like, if you can't beat them in the water, but they're still there, they can cut you off. I mean, Alexander, to get back to Greece, has to cross water at some point, and they could cut him off. Then he wouldn't have any supplies. Then he'd be royally fucked. But he decided that's his strategy because he's got to focus all of his capital and all of his resources and, you know, all that stuff on his land army because that's where his strength is. And it would just been nibbling at the Persians, so, uh, you know, you can say what you want. I think it was a smart, thought-out, at least, idea. So he keeps making his way down south, chasing after Memnon of Rhodes, who, really, dude really is fucking solid in what he does, you know? I mean, he just doesn't make mistakes, and he's good, you call him good fundamentally. He's probably the best uh, leader that... Um, Darius has, and it's 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 actually made official. Darius basically puts him in charge of this area, and gives him all the resources he wants. And uh, Memnon finally makes a stand at a city called Halicarnassus, down in the very um, you know furthest south. I guess it's still southwest of uh, Turkey, modern day Turkey. Um, in the territory of Lydia, I think it is. And so Halicarnassus was uh, ruled before the Persians got involved here by this lady Queen Ada. She'd been usurped and had to retreat to this sort of fortress town while the Persian governor took over. Um, and then obviously he welcomes Memnon and they hole up there because Alexander's coming. And instead Alexander goes to meet Queen Ada, who she's a middle-aged woman, you know, probably 40s. Uh, early 50s maybe, Alexander's is mid-20s. So they hit it off in kind of a mother-son relationship, which it's not that hard to see, right? Like, Alexander's mom is Olympias, who is Machiavelli personified, basically. So, I mean, it would be nice to have a little bit of a, a mother with a, a soft touch. And so they hit it off, and they become allies, you know, and this helps... Uh, Ada get her fucking town back, you know, her state, whatever, her province back, and it helps Alexander with propaganda of, of, of the locals accepting him, and so uh, Queen Ada goes f as far as adopting Alexander, you know, to solidify that. Basically, when she dies, he becomes the rightful ruler, uh, and it also, you know, gives her the image of uh, that she's actually above him, so they're people. It's a pretty nice little compromise. She actually, like, bakes some desserts, desserts and shit. Like, it's, that's the weird part of where she uh, 
kind of takes this quasi-grandmother approach to him, even though she's the queen of a powerful little kingdom, you know? Queendom. And so, uh, on the way to besiege Harlequinassus, uh, this place called Iasus, uh, Alexander comes across this, like, ten-year-old boy, maybe, who had trained a dolphin, and they showed it to him, and Alexander was so fucking impressed by this little ten-year-old that had a trained dolphin, which, by the way, little segue, dolphins are sick fucking perverts, man, so I just wonder what this kid and this dolphin were doing, because, like... You always read or see about these uh, people that train dolphins. The dolphins are always swimming up to them with boners, ragers, you know. And like this one lady, I you know remember I, I'm not doing myself any favors here by not being able to quote what I'm talking about, but I think she's basically hinted that she had to like jack the dolphin off in order to get it to sort of comply with what she was trying to do to study it. So this kid is the dolphin master, and Alexander's 20-something, so he's so impressed, so he's like, what? Because the kid's basically getting the dolphin to do tricks and shit, and I'm sure he's riding the dolphin's back and stuff, and so this, Alexander gets impressed as hell, and he's like, holy shit, man. Uh, and so he basically names this little boy as the high priest in that area to Poseidon. So you can just imagine, man, if you're like 10, and you, you are now basically the equivalent of like a bishop in the Catholic Church... A little weird. Awfully, I mean, you know, tells you that Alexander, I don't know, it's tough if he really did give a shit about the gods and all that stuff, or if he was a cynic and was like, you know, what matter does it make if I make a fucking ten-year-old the priest? Uh, Poseidon doesn't even exist anyway. So, alright, so he moves on after making this little boy the high priest because he trained a dolphin, could ride a dolphin. A dolphin was probably a rapist. Um... And he is now going to besiege Halicarnassus where Memnon's uh, hold up, but uh, Alexander needs a siege train to do that, which is like, you know, his battle towers and his catapults and his fucking, you know, all his equipment that you use to besiege a city with walls. Only problem is he can't get it because it's on boats. And, you know, he doesn't have a fleet anymore, and the Persians are, are trying to deny him uh, the ability to land these siege equipment the siege equipment on you know dry land near him so that he can then employ it in attacking Halicarnassus it's pretty smart uh, but they finally do get to land their stuff and so then he, he besieges the town and Memnon's fucking no slouch he gets on it man he doesn't just uh, fight a static passive defense he's very active they, they sortie out and set fire to Alexander's siege tower you know which is like a two or three story towers. The thing you see, like, you know, it's a big, it looks like a wooden tower on wheels and you roll it up to the wall and then at the very top you can jump over the wall, you know, and it's got bows and arrows but you can't get shot and stuff. So Memnon and them sneak out and set it on fire and butcher Alexander's guys and it's pretty, pretty solid defense. It's pretty spirited defense is what they'd call it. And Alexander's like, God damn, man. And I mean, there's a couple times when Memnon's like, this is it, man, let's do this. And they go out and, and get Alexander's army surrounded and shit. And it's only through Alexander's most veteran troops, you know, uh, getting their act together and sending Memnon running back into the city. And there's a, the, the climactic battle is similar like that to where uh, Alexander's veterans bail him out. And they pursue... Uh, these Greek mercenaries that Memnon has, you know, 
so closely back to the city gates that the city has to lock them out and they end up stampeding the bridge that collapses underneath them and it's just a disaster. And that's when Memnon and his boys are like, fuck man, well we gave it a good try but we're done now. So they sneak out in the middle of the night uh, and kind of sets fire to the city and flees it and so Alexander has to destroy parts of the city uh, just to keep the fire from spreading. But basically, you know, the Halicarnassus is done and Memnon escapes, uh, but Alexander can at least move on. But Queen Ada, you know, she got her city back, but now it's just a smoldering pile of shit. But at least you got you're you're now the ruler of here. Nobody's gonna fuck with you anymore. But Memnon of Rhodes has escaped, and he can still stir up shit in Alexander's rear. I mean, this is you know it's a dangerous situation that's un. Uh, unfolding. So anyway, Alexander splits his army after this and sends Parmenio back to Sardis. And Alexander sets off down the coast. And then later, Alexander gets a uh, note from Parmenio, and this is like a, uh, starts to be a theme here, where Parmenio is saying that, hey man, the guy that you've got in charge of like the Thessalian cavalry, who's like literally one of the only guys in charge that isn't related to Parmenio, uh, is this guy that Alexander kind of trusts, you know, but uh, Parmenio sends him a letter saying, hey man, we heard that this guy's getting bribed. He's on the take from Darius, man. So Alexander's in a tough spot because he's like, it's the one fucking guy, on, you know, under Parmenio that I can actually, that's loyal to me. This guy, I'm, try, I'm busting my ass to try to get this family, this guy's family, to not have every fucking single leadership position in my army. So he's, you know, it's kind of a catch to but if the guy's really not disloyal, then that could royally fuck him in the ass. So what he does is he basically puts the guy on, you know, house arrest until we can get to the bottom of this, but he replaces the guy with one another one of his loyal guys. So he doesn't let Parmenio replace him with one of his sons or something. So you can see it's kind of like there's a battle within and a battle without. You know, fighting Parmenio's family for control of his own army, uh, at the same time trying to fight the fucking Persians. But, uh, you know, Alexander, you know, he's pretty smart and he, he's a pretty good political guy in terms of doing little stuff like this where he's like not, not handing over control of his army, you know, the Thessalian and Thracian cavalry to, to Parmenio's family completely, but he's also not just blindly trusting people when there may be evidence that they could betray you. So he, he's walking this line pretty closely. It's pretty smart. Anyway, they meet back up, reconverge in the city of Gordium. Meets up with Parmenio, who's brought some reinforcements, but not as many as you'd think. And it's because fucking Memnon is stirring shit back up again in like the Aegean Islands, you know, back in Greece, in the outskirts of Greece, because Darius has given him a shitload of money to hire more mercenaries. And so he can pay for soldiers better than Alexander can. So Memnon ends up having more reinforcements than Alexander does from Greece. I mean, that's fucking crazy, isn't it? And so now Alexander's like, shit, man. Alexand uh, uh, Memnon's like sent people to Athens and Sparta saying like, hey, man, this is it. We, we, this is your chance to free yourselves from this motherfucker. He's like a thousand miles away or whatever. I don't know if he's that far, but, you know, let's do this. 
And so Alexander's once again faced with a quandary. Do you turn way the fuck back around to have to deal with this guy? Even if you send a detachment of your forces back to deal with him, you can't advance any further because you're going to get met with the real Persian army at some point and they're going to fuck you up. But anyhow, while he's like sitting here thinking about how he's going to solve this problem, uh, he gets presented with the fucking Gordian Knot which I think most of you, if you haven't heard of that, it's a, a legend of how King Midas, you've heard of him, you know, the richest motherfucker ever, apparently, the, the golden touch. Um, he was the original uh, sort of ruler of Gordium, and there was a legend that, um, you know, before Midas came to power, that uh, the, the, an oracle said something like, your, your leader, your ruler, your true king will show up one day in a wagon. It's kind of a fucking lame prophecy if you think about it, but then the next, you know, soon after, King fucking Midas shows up in a wagon and becomes the king. And so the uh, wagon had a knot that, like, you couldn't see the loose ends of somehow, tied around its yoke, you know, basically what you hooked it up to the horses. And that was the Gordian knot because nobody could ever uh, untie it. And the legend was that, you know, if you untie the Gordian knot or if you can solve the Gordian knot you're the true ruler of this place and so Alexander has to do this for fucking propaganda purposes because you know if he's the only person that's been able to undo I mean think about ancient people they're superstitious as fuck they're not enlightened you know there's no atheists back then I don't think so Alexander's like fuck it man I'll do it what's it's a knot like, come on, man, I'll solve this knot. My, I was taught by fucking uh, Aristotle. I'm smart. I know how to do a knot. And then he gets to see it, and he's like, oh, shit. Because you really can't see the ends of the uh, rope. It was you know, tied in such a way that uh, it just looks like a ball of string with no beginning or no end. And so he's, you know, obviously a massive crowd follows him up to the Acropolis in uh, Gordium to watch this shit because, you know... It's a big deal. This kick-ass dude has come up, and he's, you know, he's got a lot of bravado. He's got a lot of hype behind him. People want to see it. This fucking huge army shows up, you know, and this guy is like, okay, well, Gordian Knot. And so he starts fucking with it and realizes he is not going to be able to untie this motherfucker. And so there's, like, two versions of what happens next. Uh, One is that, like, he just pulls out the linchpin and the knot kind of falls off, which is quasi-cheating, you know, because uh, it's supposed to stay attached to um, the hitch, basically. I don't know, you just have to picture it. But the other, the main story, and the one I prefer to believe, is that Alexander, you know, futzes with the knot a little bit and is like, you know what, fuck this, and cuts the thing with his sword. And they're like, hey... That doesn't count. He's like, I undid the knot. That's all I'm supposed to do. Fuck you. And then now it becomes like a metaphor for just using power to solve any problem instead of, you know, diplomacy or delicacy or your mind. Dude just hauled off and cut the shit out of the thing. And while this is happening, more good news comes. Memnon just dies suddenly. So this dude that was about to fuck up his whole operation from behind his own lines... 
a major source of frustration and really the only guy that's been able to sort of um, at least not get his ass completely kicked by Alexander uh, and has been able to frustrate him and kind of understands how to fight him, he's gone. And, you know, his son takes over and some other people try to, you know, one of his top generals, but they're just not good and Darius doesn't trust them. So, all of a sudden the threat to Alexander's rear is gone. So he can, he's like, fuck it, time to go. Let's do this shit. So Darius is now thinking, okay, well now what? You know, that was his plan was the indirect attack on Alexander's rear with Memnon. Memnon's dead, so now what? So he's got some advisors back in, you know, his his capital, and he's got an Athenian military advisor, a guy named Charidimus, that says, um, <clears throat> you know, you know, again, he he pulls kind of the same approach that. Uh, Memnon pulls where he's like, here, let me lead. I know how to fight these guys. And uh, the rest of Darius's advisors, who are all Persians, are like, fuck you. Why do you get to lead? You know, hell with that, man. You know, and they basically call into question, like, this guy's just wanting to consolidate power. He, he, why would he know any better? And this pisses off Caridamus, and so he starts talking shit about the Persians and insults their manhood, saying, like, when have you guys ever beaten a fucking Greek in battle? Which kind of had a point. You know, like, what do you guys know about fighting this guy? I'm the one that should be leading stuff. But he goes a little too far when he basically calls the Persians pussies and stuff and says they wouldn't know how to fight, you know, if they're... I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say, what kind of analogy I was going to draw there. Something about their... But anyhow, you, that they're weak at fighting, and so Darius grabs him by the belt and throws him out, which apparently back then was a symbol of kill this guy. You know, if you see the king tossing a dude out by his belt it means that he's getting executed and so the guy gets executed and immediately afterwards Darius is like oh fuck what have I done because now he has no good generals left and so he's got to lead the army himself so he's like things are getting better for Alexander and kind of less good for Darius but Darius is like now I've got to just lead my guys let's do this let's get this army let's go get this motherfucker enough is enough I don't need these Greeks anyway. So Alexander is crossing the Tarsus mountain range. So now he's basically in southern Turkey, southeastern Turkey, and he's wanting to get down into the Syria area. But there's a mountain range through there. It's the Tarsus Mountains. And there's only one way through it. You know, It's called the Cilician Gates. So as Alexander's like crossing this extremely brutal... Uh, mountainous terrain uh, it's hot as shit when he gets down into the valley he's burning up and at this point most people say that he's got like all kinds of malaria and shit at this point but anyhow he finally gets through the Cilician Gates which is you know the one mountain pass that you can take through the Tarsus Mountains down in southeastern Turkey and as he comes riding down into the hot valley, he starts sweating real bad because of the malaria and the shit. And he's like, I got to jump in some fucking water now. And so the river that's right there is coming from the icy, you know, peaks of the mountains. So it's cold water. Alexander like cannonballs into the shit and doesn't come up. Apparently like um, the cold water caused like every muscle in his body to cramp up. So he was just floating there. You can imagine. This guy's gotten you this far. Then he cannonballs into the water and just comes up, dead man's floating. 
So they fish him out of the water, and it turns out he's sick as fuck, and I guess that was just the, the last straw that basically, you know, laid him low because he'd been going on an adrenaline or whatever. But he's most people think he's got malaria at this point. And so now he's bedridden, and at the worst possible time, because Darius is on the fucking move, and he's close. He crosses, like, you know... The Euphrates, I guess, whichever one's the closest one to him. I don't, hell, I can't memorize all this fucking shit. But uh, Alexander's down for the count. He's got a doctor there. Nobody else wants, everybody else is too scared to try to uh, work on Alexander. It's kind of like Stalin, where it's just like, because if you mess it up, like, you're going to be killed. Um, but he's got one doctor, it was his childhood doctor. Um, Oh, I think his name was Philip, maybe? And he trusts him. But at that exact moment, when the doctor's, like, describing, you know, what's the deal and, you know, what he thinks is wrong and what he's going to have to do um, to help Alexander, and I feel like it's got a lot of fucking opium involved because of what happens, but he's, you know... Basically, he whips up a nice uh, little cocktail of medicines and is like, here, if you drink this, there's a chance it'll kill you because, you know... It's got a lot of fucking morphine or whatever the ancient equivalent of morphine is in there, but uh, this is really the only way to, to cure you. And at that exact moment, uh, a messenger brings Alexander another fucking letter from Parmenio. And this time he's like, dude, your doctor is also getting paid off by Darius. Don't trust him. And so now Alexander's like, is this guy trying to poison me to death? Or is Parmenio just a nervous bitch who's trying to get me not to take my medicine? And then die, and then he can take over the army. So it's like the Princess Bride scene where he's like, you thought I was going to do that, and that's I knew you knew I was going to do that, and that's how I knew that you knew that I knew. And so Alexander's in a catch-22, kind of, except for that he finishes reading the letter, hands it to the doctor, and then chugs the medicines. That tells you what he thinks about Parmenio at this point. Like, all right, man, fool me once, fuck you, but... Not letting this shit go down a second time. And since the medicine has got a bunch of opioids in it or whatever, Alexander basically kind of goes into a fucking coma for a couple of days. And so, you know, I mean, the dramatists back then would have you, you know, believe that, like, oh God, Alexander's fucking knocked out and the Persian army is like on the other side of the mountains. And so uh, Darius does roll up, you know, and they're separated by this mountain range. Um, and he picks this big, wide-open space that's perfect for him because he's outnumbers Alexander like two to one, you know, and he's got more cavalry to maneuver and shit. So he's got this nice, broad plane picked out as a place to fight. Uh, and he just waits on Alexander to come to him, but Alexander's knocked the fuck out with this sickness. And so, eventually, Darius and his boys start getting in his ear, chirping, you know, saying, Dude, he's scared of you, man. That's why he's not coming out here. He's scared. Let's go get that motherfucker. And Darius is like, I don't know, man. Like, we've got the best territory to fight in, you know? Aren't you supposed to have terrain on your side and all this stuff? And they're like, that's just in the textbooks, dude. You just got to be aggressive. Stop being a bitch. So Alexander eventually comes out of his sickness and it shows himself to the soldiers who had to have been nervous as hell. I mean, they're way far away from home and they got a hostile army on the other side of the mountain pass. 
So Alexander finally sets out to go around the mountains to the southeast. So like if you picture it, um, the mountains are on like a 45 degree angle and Darius is on the right side of them and Alexander's on the left side. Alexander, there's some mountain passes in between them, but Alexander wants to go down to the southeast and go around the edge of the mountains and come up to the side. Uh, but since he's taken so long to do this and Darius didn't know what was going on, uh, Darius let his boys, his you know, his advisors or whatever, get the best of him and, and punk him out, you know, make him feel like he's being a bitch. And so he goes through the mountain passes uh, to go fucking confront Alexander and bring the fight to him. So Alexander passes through the city of Issus, and that's where, you know, on his way southeast to, to sort of go around the mountains. That's where he leaves his wounded to get better and stuff while he goes, you know, thinks that the mountains have him protected. But Darius is coming through those mountain passes, and he basically gets in Alexander's rear. So Alexander can't believe this shit, but Darius does. He brings his army through that mountain pass, and it's a tight space. So he's given up advantageous ground, but he's now got behind Alexander. And he descends on Issus and gets all of Alexander's wounded and shit. And, uh mutilates them basically like cuts their hands and feet and shit off which you know it's kind of rough but i mean why be a an ancient despot if you can't cut people's fucking hands and feet off and shit cut their noses off cuts their ears off you know kind of sport mutilates them which pisses alexander off so he turns around and comes back i mean Darius at this point is thinking alexander's just running from him like a bitch and so he's gonna cut him off so he gets between Alexander and his supply line now, so Alexander has to turn and fight, but the terrain is actually suitable for Alexander because it's tight. It's a tight fit. Uh, from Alexander's perspective, you've got the oceans on your left side, and you've got these mountains on your right, and it's like basically like one or two miles between them, which you know, seems like a lot, but when you've got a massive fucking army back then where everybody's standing side by side, it's tight. So, they are going to square off and fight what's known as the Battle of Issus. And this is the first time Darius has got his fucking hand-picked soldiers. He's got everything he wants. He's got his top Persian cavalry. He's got infantry. I mean, basically outnumbers Alexander maybe two or three to one. But the problem is he can't deploy them wide enough to envelop Alexander. So he has to stack them deep. Alexander comes back up in his, you know, more or less standard uh, battle formation, which is the Salian Thracian cavalry on the left, led by Parmenio, the phalanx in the middle, led by their individual uh, battalion commanders, I guess. Then on the right, he's got the high pacifists and all of his sort of light troops and his companion cavalry. And facing off against them, uh, the Persians, so on the Persian, from the Persian perspective, it's flipped, right? They've got the ocean on their right and the mountains on their left. And what they've done is, and there's a river uh, between the two. It's kind of a stream. It's got somewhat, you know, sh steep banks, kind of like the Granicus, but... Um, Darius also has some guys on the hills to Alexander's right, 
on the other side, you know, on Alexander's side of the river, whereas in these guys, the rest of his guys up there. So Alexander has to deal with those motherfuckers first so they don't flank him. Sends up some light guys, some Agrianian javelin guys, some Cretan archers, and they deal with them, secure his flanks. And then, so, uh, defensively, Darius is setting up to where on his right, on the ocean coast side, got all of his cavalry. Light, heavy cavalry. I mean, these guys are the best, too. And they're the Persian cavalry. They're some of the original fucking horse warriors. Uh, some horse archers, some guys that are armored and with, with you know, giant spears and stuff. And, and then set up in the middle and his left, facing Alexander's companion cavalry, are just their infantry. Which in the center are the Greek mercenaries, and on Darius's left or in Alexander's right are just some some Persian infantry, bowmen, spearmen, stuff like that. But they're they're not great. But they've got some palisades, like some fortifications set up on the riverbank, so it's not a complete walkover, you know. And so that's how it basically stands. And Alexander's leading his guys up you know, to meet these, and he, he sort of has to stop them every, you know, quarter mile, half mile, whatever, and, and reform the lines, because he wants to be in, you know, perfect fundamentals when he comes up to these guys and has to fight the damn Persians. And they pause once they get to sort of looking across the, the stream from each other, right? So Alexander's got his balanced formation, but the Persians have basically a big old right fist that they're going to strike him with and they're going to play defense everywhere else. And he's got a solid middle with his Greek mercenaries right there. Again, he doesn't make the mistake of those idiots at the Granicus that put all their horsemen on the front line and then had the Greek uh, you know, mercenaries in back. This time he puts the Greek mercenaries in the center of the front line, puts all of his cavalry on the right, Alexander's left. So he's got to go up the Parmenio with his... You know, half of the horsemen is now looking at all the fucking Persian horsemen ready to get him. So Alexander sends a few more over to help Parmenio at the very last minute. And then he says, let's fucking get it on, man. And they, obviously, when this battle kicks off, Alexander goes across and launches his attack on the right side. Sends the phalanx, you know, walking across the middle. But at the same time, the Persians come storming across on their side from their cavalry on their right flank. And hits Parmenio, and Parmenio's like, fuck, we're getting dominated. And so he's basically playing defense, you know, and it's like a horse melee over there. All hell's breaking loose. Alexander's trying to fucking come up the other bank and break through the fortifications and the palisades, but they've got bowmen and, art and you know, guys throwing spears and shit. It's not as easy as you'd think, but eventually he cracks through it, but... In the center, man, his phalanx is getting dealt with by the Greek mercenaries. They're proving that they were fucking the real deal. So it's it's not looking great. I mean, Alexander basically is on a on a speed run here, where he's got to make something happen on his flank before his other you know his center is getting the shit kicked out of him. The the Greeks are cussing him out. You know, they're hurling insults at each other apparently. Because they spoke the same language, they can you know understand what they were saying. They were saying all kinds of vile things, like "I shit in your grandmother's mouth," you know, like really bad insults. You mother is a whore. Worse than that, I'm sure. 
whatever the most disgusting stuff they could say at each other while throwing a spear at a guy, you know. And these guys had whipped up on your boys earlier, so they were extra mad. And they're getting the best of them because the phalanx needs help. Um, but Alexander finally breaks through, and instead of circling around back to try to, you know, envelop uh, the Persians, he sees Darius's ass right there in the middle. And so, while his center is sort of wobbling, wavering, and Parmenio's getting the complete shit kicked out of him on the other side, just really absorbing the best that the Persians can, and they're no slouches, man. They, they have the biggest empire in world history up to that point for a reason. So it's not looking good, but Alexander's like, fuck it, man, let's do it, let's go for, let's go for broke. And so he gathers up his companions and they come fucking flying in at Darius, who's surrounded by his, you know, um, the immortals. They're, uh, they're elite infantry troops, I think. But if you've seen 3,000, or three, the movie 300, you know that they're, you know, they're still not that great. Persians and people in the uh, Southwest Asia could never really muster great infantry troops. I don't know why. Culturally, maybe. They were just better and more focused on, you know, horse combat because of the wide open spaces they had to deal with and the mountainous terrain they came from. So they just can't stand up. Alexander busts up in that shit and comes real close to throwing a fucking uh, javelin through Darius's dome. Darius realizes, like, motherfucker, I'm about to get captured. And so he bails the fuck out, runs for it. So you think, man, this the, the king is out here, man, and we're fucking confronting this pussy that won't come fight us. And then all of a sudden, you're having to run for it, and your guys see this. They get demoralized as shit and take off running, too. The Persian cavalry uh, breaks out, too. And Alexander can't immediately pursue Darius because he's got to save his phalanx, who's getting, you know... The Greek mercenaries are, are no pushovers, man. They're handing it to his boys. It's a stalemate in the middle. And then so Alexander has to circle around and hit those Greek mercenaries in the back. And then, you know, which causes them to break up and take off and his phalanx gets across. And then finally the Persians over on the far side near the coast take off running too. And Alexander tries to pursue uh, Darius, but Darius had so much of a head start of him, on him and he abandoned his royal chariot for just a horse and is going incognito so he can't catch him but he fucking won the fight which th there was no indication that this was going to be the case I mean this is the real Persian army and they came damn close to getting him I mean Alexander kind of um, changed things up on the fly and maybe was inspired by the Battle of the Granicus where the Persians were the ones saying, hey, let's just fucking kill Alexander the leader and this whole thing will be over. So Alexander may have thought, you know what? It almost worked for them. They knocked me the fuck out with an axe to the dome. Maybe I can, you know, javelin uh, Darius's ass and this whole thing's done. We don't have to, you know, sit here and butcher these 100,000 guys, 150,000 guys that are, you know, beating the hell out of us. And so Darius is gone. Everybody's fucking fleeing 
there's disarray. They kill the fuck out of a lot of Persians. A lot of Greek mercenaries, too. A lot of them are killed or sent off to the, you know, what is it? Gold mines, iron mines, maybe? Silver mines of Macedonia? Silver, maybe? Which is brutal. You're going to die. You're going to die in a gross way. You're probably going to be underground when you do it. And so he's won. Alexander tries to chase Darius, but it gets too dark, and so he heads back to camp where everybody's sort of pillaging the Persian uh, base camp because it had been abandoned, but they'd left all their stuff there. And Alexander goes into Darius's tent uh, to take a bath to wipe all the sweat and jizz or whatever off of him because, you know, he probably got excited sexually by battle. I would, I, it, knowing what I know of Alexander, I think he got aroused. Anyhow, he blood. He probably didn't wipe jizz. Ba- ba- want to bathe the jizz off of him. That was, I went too far there. But he's like, uh, I'm gonna take a bath in fucking Darius's uh, golden tub, and his boy corrects him, Hephaestion, probably his best friend slash uh, guy that he rubs his penis together with or just guy that they're just straight out lovers. I mean, it's a weird, it's a, it's a, like we've talked about before, it's a fine line back then, you know? It's not cut and dried, it's more of a continuum, like, you know, modern times where it's, you know, he's a little bi. He's mainly gay slash uh, just Asexual. He's kind of like Morrissey, but if Morrissey sometimes wanted to bang eunuchs and guys, I think. And so he eats the food that Darius was having planned, you know, and takes over his household. Uh, meets, I think this is where he finally also meets Darius's favorite eunuch, Bagawas, who would go on to fucking accompany Alexander and be his favorite eunuch until Alexander's death. He's there with him. So, I mean, that, that has caused me countless numbers of hours of speculation of, like, what was Bagoas's key? Like, why did they all like Bagoas the eunuch so much? In the, um, I guess it was it the Oliver Stone Alexander movie, he's portrayed as, like, a fucking cross-dresser, but I, I don't think it's like that. It's, I don't know, but I, something about him, because they loved Bagoas, uh, Darius, who's the king of kings, was like, you're coming with me on campaign. And then Alexander's like, do not leave me ever. So there's something there. I, I still don't know, but it's fascinating, right? Like, I bet he was, a, I bet Bagoas was a good-looking motherfucker to everyone, guys, gals alike, right? And then finally, which, um, we're gonna wrap this up soon, but, uh, after winning the Battle of Issus, um, he hears in another tent uh, wailing of women, so he sends one of his boys to see what the fuck's going on, and it's, it turns out it's Darius' family. He would brought him out there to the battle and then bailed on him, so they think that he's dead, and so they're all crying and shit. So Alexander sends his boy to tell him, no, look, he's not dead, he just escaped, you're fine, you're not in any danger, Alexander is a gentleman, he's not going to slaughter you or rape your face or whatever. Go knuckles deep in you, any of that weird shit. You're fine. 
the next day, Alexander comes over there with Hephaestion, I guess, um, and Hephaestion's taller than Alexander, so that you know, they famously mistake Hephaestion for Alexander, and Alexander's like, no, no, it's me, but we're all Alexander, and I'm not sure what that really means. Um, a lot of people speculate on it. They may be like half-brothers or something like that, but I think he's just meaning like, you know, we're all the same. I'm an egalitarian dude, you know, that's... Don't worry, but anyhow, he ends up having a great relationship. It's uh, fucking Darius's wife, who's also his sister, Statyra, which, great fucking name. I love that name, Statyra. And uh, also, Darius's mom is there, who I imagine she's probably a little feisty, and she's like, you know, fuck my son. He is a coward who left us. And so she ends up becoming, like, pretty good. Again, Alexander's got this weird thing where he starts adopting... He collects mommies like they're fucking Ken Griffey Jr. rookie cards. And so, like, Darius's mother kind of becomes his mother. And Alexander's like, look, uh, you'll be the exact same status as you were before. Nothing's changed, okay? He's pretty... He was smart like that, you know? He wanted to bring the two empires together and not just dominate one. You know, that never seems to work out. At least, propaganda or not, that was his approach. So that's where we're going to leave this now. But he has fucking gotten a W against the local forces, and now he's fucking gotten a W against Darius himself. And made him look like a bitch, too, in the process. And now he's captured Darius's money. So that will never be an issue ever again, which you can imagine how fucking how many nights that kept him up, worrying about his money is going to run out not anymore but he also realizes that his work's not done yet he was wanting to have that you know decisive battle where he wins it flat out can't do that Darius is going to head east into Afghanistan and shit and raise another army but he at least has bought him some time to further consolidate this stuff and, and he's going to go down to Egypt and all over the place and start you know lifting the yoke of control from the Persian subjects all around uh, the ancient world. So that's it now. We left this one a little bit short because I just wanted to get you up to the Battle of Issus. Still a lot left to go. Um, Alexander still got to deal with the Parmenio thing and he's, you know, sadly Darius uh, and the Persians uh, will be back to fight another day so his work's not done. But Things are looking pretty fucking good now from his perspective, and he's proven himself. He's a fucking tactician, and he's a strategist. But again, you can still see some, he still kind of made some mistakes ever along the way in terms of, you know, Darius got behind him in this case, but he was able to turn around and face him and whip his ass. But uh, he's getting better, too. Getting a lot better. He didn't just go in there full speed and get an axe to the head like he did at, at uh, the Granicus. Anyway... Uh, I'm going to try to finish this whole story up. We'll probably have part four will be at some point, and that's going to get us Galgamela and you know all that the aftermath there. Then we'll go beyond there into Afghanistan and India, the return trip back, the fucking mutinies and Alexander going off and all that stuff still to come. But uh, let's end this damn thing now. Alexander's fucking riding high, though. See ya.